Welcome to Conversations from the Heart podcast by me, Tambu Thomas. I am an emotional wellbeing coach and founder of the Live360 brand. This is a podcast that speaks to the heart of what it is to be a human being. It's for humans who tend to live in the very tops of their heads, restricting themselves with logic and squashing who they are with who they think they're supposed to be. It's for people who are becoming more and more curious about why they feel so disconnected and frankly frightened of their bodies. Conversations from the Heart is about what's emerging from our innate embodied wisdom. The aim is to be a place of gentle connection where humans can see their humanity in the humanity of what's shared here. In a world full of strategies and systems to impress or garner a particular response, I would like this to be an oasis where we can see, hear and hold each other, human to human, heart to heart. Hello, you lovely lot. How are you doing? I hope you are wonderfully well. I'm back again, another day, another mini podcast episode. But before I get into the um, podcast episode, where I'm going to be talking about uh, connection and attachment, I have had Billy Ocean, when the going gets tough, on my mind, in my heart, and I've just had a sing-along to it. And I invite you, if you use Spotify, this is not hashtag spawn, um, but if you use Spotify, they have got lyrics to a lot of their songs in the Spotify app. Oh my goodness, I just had a sing-along to Billy Ocean when the going gets tough. Ooh, ooh, can I touch ya, can I touch ya, and do the things that lovers do. Oh my goodness, it has just... lit up my soul, it's given me a jolly good time, and I am feeling high on life. But I'm going to stick a pin on that, or in that even, I'm going to just take a deep breath and calm myself down so I can talk to you about what I want to talk to you about today. And today, I want to talk about connection and attachment. And I want to talk to you about connection and attachment because that's something we talk about a lot in my sovereign group coaching program, which is open for enrollment right now. Enrollment closes on the 17th of December. Um, I want to talk about that because we've been talking about belonging. We always talk about safety and connection. And yesterday, one of my darlings, um, Sadie T, she is on Instagram as This Curious Life Coaching. I will pop a link to her Instagram page in the show notes, um, shared something about the idea of belonging, because that's what we've been talking about a lot as this year's Sovereign comes to a close, and talking about how different belonging feels to um, acceptance and tolerance, and how um, something, sorry, I'm doing a lot of, because I'm getting over a cold, and we've we've been looking at um, how vulnerability leads us to having um, connection and leads us to um, having a really embodied sense of connection. Um, And I've been thinking about how long that took, um, which is right, you know, it's very human. We like to rush into things, but many of the things we need as human beings need time. I've been thinking about the risk we take when we choose to gently, gradually allow ourselves to be seen, to be heard, 
and to be held so that we can have the level of vulnerability that facilitates connection and that connection enabling us to have a really embodied sense of belonging, not because of what we do, not because of what we contribute necessarily, although what we contribute does have something to do with it, but because we are allowing ourselves to show up as we are and um, taking the risk of seeing whether or not people are able to embrace that or whether they walk away and trusting that the embracing or walking away is the honesty we need so that we can repair whatever ruptures and uh, move towards the sort of connection we need or see that there is the connection we need available and move towards that. So um, I've been, uh, one moment, I need to cough. So I've been thinking about the way we are, most of us are raised, the way most of us are conditioned to believe that, um, well, we're, we're conditioned for survival, really. Even when we are in the position to thrive, um, we are conditioned for survival. And really and truly, on a biological level, on a um, physiological level, we don't need to thrive, to live, to exist. We need to survive. So choosing to grow into a life where we're able to thrive is really big work, especially when we are used to compromising our safety for what looks like connection. And we do that all the time. And, you know, both safety and connection are essential human needs. Um, and connection is a way we find safety. But because of the way we're conditioned to fit in, to assimilate, to be accepted and tolerated, as opposed to being conditioned to grow into managing the risk of vulnerability for real connection, we often confuse attachment for connection. So... Um, attachment can be defined as a deep, enduring, emotional bond between people in which each seeks closeness. I got that definition from Saul McLeod, who's a psychology, te a psychology teacher. And um, when I read that, I thought, well, deep and enduring emotional bonds aren't always emotionally safe. As a social worker, I saw how attachment made children that were being abused fiercely loyal to parents and caregivers who abuse them and I also um, think about when my daughter was little and I had told her off for something how I would be the only person that could console her other people would say come or don't pay attention to mummy or my mum would say oh don't mind mummy come and she would want me to console her why because when we're little and dependent Going towards your attachment figure where you have the um, deep, enduring emotional bond, that enables you to survive. And when you're little and dependent, what you need to do is to survive. So connection isn't as, even though it's an essential human need, in order to survive, it's not as um, it's not as necessary as attachment, even if that attachment is not healthy for us. Um, 
And that's, you know, necessary. That is normal. That is a normal part of the way us as human beings function. But that's normal when you're little and totally dependent on other people to meet your needs. When we carry that over into adulthood, that can be really, really problematic. Um, When we think about connection, according to Brene Brown, who has done, you know, extensive research on shame, connection, vulnerability and all that jazz, she says... um, Connection is the energy that exists between people when they feel seen, heard and valued, when they can give and receive without judgment and when they derive sustenance and strength from the relationship. Now, this is extremely vulnerable because it means creating relationships where you can be seen and allowing yourself to be seen. And when we have had patterns deeply ingrained patterns of survival where we don't allow ourselves to be seen fully so that we can maintain attachments that enable us to survive creating a pattern where we allow ourselves to be seen and take the risk of possible rejection whilst we're trying to get connection can feel really really dangerous like allowing yourself to be seen um is, is really, really tricky. And, you know, I'll be straight up and down honest. One of the reasons I became somebody that gathers people, like I, I it is a natural, well, I believe it's a natural inclination. But another reason why I chose to gather people, it was an unconscious choice. But now that I've seen it, I can see that I chose it. It was a way of being able to manage safe connections. It was enable, it was a way for me to, um, well, it was a protective means of having connections that I could manage. That's probably the better way to say it. And because I had connections that felt like they were unsafe because I wasn't able to be who I was, either it was deemed as too much or not enough or whatever other stuff, I became somebody that gathered people. I became a leader and I love my leadership qualities. I love my capacity to hold people, my capacity to gather communities that learn how to be safe with each other, learn how to co-regulate, learn how to be, um, learn how to be who they need others to be because who we need others to be invariably is who we need ourselves to be. And um, what I've learnt through gathering communities and really doing the training, the work, the research to be able to facilitate communities where they are gentle spaces where we can grow into safety, I've really noted that attachment and connection look similar but have a different texture. So attachment being about survival is uh, has a different flavour, a different texture to connection that enables us to thrive. And slowing down to take the time to work out what this means for us feels really risky, at times feels terrifying because we live in a fast paced culture where we don't feel safe we're so sympathetic nervous system dominant. We're constantly revving that sympathetic nervous system action resilience um, engine because our lives are shaped 
our nervous systems are shaped around toxic levels of productivity. And those toxic levels of productivity spread out into everything. It spreads out into us having transactional relationships where we don't have enough time and energy to figure out who we are and what we need to feel safe inside ourselves, what we need to feel safe inside our lives. And something that comes through in all of the work I do, whether it's in Sovereign, my rebirth program, in my one-to-one work, workshops, whatever it is I'm doing, my writing, here, podcasting, I'm often in conversation with women who say, shit, I don't know who I am. And that sounds really odd because we've been inside our bodies since we were conceived, but it's a real thing. And this state of not knowing who we are and needing to have a sense of control makes us unconsciously choose attachment patterns we know how to control rather than attachment, I mean, rather than choosing patterns or practicing patterns that facilitate connection. And we don't really have role models for deep connection either. The people we were brought up by didn't have role models for connection really. It was all about survival. Therefore, we're under-practiced and we're unfamiliar about what it takes, the action necessary, the behaviour, the way to be, to be able to manage the risk, and it is managing the risk, of being vulnerable enough to have deep connections. So we end up choosing protection or the protection of control rather than genuine connection, where it's safe for us to begin to explore and practice being vulnerable. And when we're brought up in an environment where we're looking to control situations to protect ourselves, we end up in very binary thinking, very black and white thinking. So we're either right or wrong. So being in a space where we can practice experimenting with what it means to be vulnerable vulnerable feels really, really risky because we're opening ourselves up to getting things wrong. We're opening ourselves up to making mistakes. And often we um, internalise messages that we are the sum total of our mistakes. So making a mistake becomes something we define ourselves by as opposed to something we've done, something we've experienced, a way we've been that we can learn from, that we can become curious about. And this is why so many of us wake up one day and realise that many of our relationships and the environments we frequent don't actually feel safe. I've had this experience, so many people I work with have this experience, whether they have that experience in a way that's really visceral and they're like, oh my goodness, my life doesn't really feel safe. The people in my life don't really feel safe. Not because these people are particularly abusive, but because people don't feel safe to be who they are or to explore who they are with the people they're around or the the environments they um, frequent. And, um, or people embark on doing their own inner work, whether it's with me, another skilled practitioner, whether they embark on that on them by themselves, watching um, helpful videos, listening to podcasts, reading books, etc. That could be the 
thing that makes them think, oh my goodness, I've just realised I don't feel safe and I don't know who I am. Um, and, and when we are in that pattern of normalising feeling unsafe and trying to bury those feelings of feeling unsafe by doing more, by people pleasing, by working harder, by buying more stuff, by um, appearing to be a person of worth and basing our worth on what we do for people, what we do in this world, that's a continuance of an attachment pattern we've learned how to control. So in this dysregulated state of unconscious emotional chaos, knowing how to control feelings, subdue feelings, learning how to control relationships and environments becomes more familiar than feeling safe enough to allow our feelings, to allow our feelings to surface so that we can begin to see them for what they are. We can begin to become curious and explore those feelings and see what those feelings are telling us we need. But because we're so underskilled and underpracticed at feeling those feelings, actually being present with those feelings and becoming curious about those feelings, we confuse protection, the, protect, the protection of control and subduing, we confuse that for safety. And I believe that this is often because we don't really know what safety feels like. Like we know the academics of it, we know the logics of it, you know, we can Google and read about it. But actually, our embodied experience what we actually feel inside our emotional map, our emotional compass, often defies logic. And we feel fear, we feel safety inside our bodies. I remember when I first started my nonlinear movement training, for example, and prior to that, I had done a nonlinear movement session with um, Gabrielle, uh, uh, Gabrielle Espinoza. I'll put a link to her Instagram in the show notes as well. And she invited me to do a, uh, she was uh, uh, doing nonlinear movement sessions and I booked one. And um, I didn't realise we were doing a pleasure practice when I was moving with her. And I really enjoyed it. It felt really sensual. My body felt alive. I felt really turned on, to be honest. I was experiencing my body in a different way. I was feeling a closeness and intimacy with myself I hadn't had. I was hearing myself in a way that I didn't ordinarily hear myself. The vulnerability felt beautiful, and I wouldn't have called it vulnerability at that time. And then when I did the nonlinear movement training, and it was called the pleasure practice, I froze when we first started doing the movement practice, my reaction was to curl up like in the fetal position. And I was there for a good five minutes. And I realized then that I had a really good logical, cognitive, conceptual understanding of pleasure, but I didn't feel safe holding pleasure inside my body. Why? because actually the embodied sense of pleasure was unfamiliar to me. Yeah, I feel pleasure in sex and all of that, being touched by, you know, a, a human being I'm in relationship with feels really, really good. But actually owning my pleasure for myself, expanding pleasure in my body, feeling safe enough to be able to do that, felt 
unsafe because I was under rehearsed, under practiced at it. So I'm using that as an example because what I recognized was my pattern of really being very cognitive and logical about things and really believing because I could visualize and conceptualize it, really believing I had a really um, strong sense of my pleasure. But when I actually took it into my body and consciously took it into my body, it felt very, very unsafe because it's very, very unfamiliar. So when we are in a pattern of um, being academic about things and being very cognitive about things, we can really lose or miss the opportunity to get a real lived embodied sense of what's true for us inside our bodies. And this is really, really important because polyvagal, tell, polyvagal theory tells us 80% of communication goes from body to brain and 20% of communication comes back down from brain to body. So our bodies are signaling to us or signaling to our brains, which is a part of our body, but our body is signaling to our brain. Our brain is processing that and telling us in a logical way how we feel. Or we, we distill that into logic, which often causes a mismatch. So our bodies are often telling us we feel unsafe, but we dismiss that, we poo-poo it, and we start saying we need to do mindset work, we need to do whatever practice we need to do to subdue and control ourselves, when actually what we would benefit from is slowing down to pay attention to those embodied signals that we're not feeling safe. And these embodied signals could range from a jaw that's often clenched. Sometimes it's really sophisticated and it can be like the back of your tongue that feels tight. It could feel a hair, like a hairline, your inner ear feeling tight, bracing inside our bodies, for example, um, bracing your pelvic floor. You know, when I invite people to soften their pelvic floor when we're doing a, a body scan or a guided meditation or something, people realize, damn, I was really clenching my pelvic floor. Um, shallow breathing, our shoulders being raised all the time, stiffening in our joints, feeling like we're living like in the top of our heads and feeling like we can't find our way back into our bodies, tells us we're not feeling safe. And when we're in that state and we are in relationship with people, because we're not connected to who we are, how we feel, what we need, our emotional map, our emotional compass, it's really, really easy to continue to perpetuate cycles and patterns of attaching for survival rather than the safety of connection that enables us to thrive. So... My friends, my darlings, my humans listening to this, I ask you this. What does safety mean to you? What does safety feel like in your body? What sensations tell you you're safe? What sensations inside your body? And I really mean sensations, a fizzy feeling, a weighted feeling, um, a fluffy feeling, a feeling of lightness, what sensations, you know, vibrating, what sensations tell you you're safe and where in your body do you feel them? Who are you with 
when you feel these sensations of safety? Where are you when you feel these sensations of safety? What are you doing? These sensations and where you feel them are often your safety guide. Actually, I'm owning it. They are your safety guide. The people, places and environments where you experience these sensations of safety are likely to be the people, places, environments where you feel connected. So I'm going to leave that in your lap and ask you to consider these things. And if you don't feel these things, if this podcast episode, if these questions have made you think, shit, actually, I don't know what safety feels like. I don't know where I feel it in my body. I'm not aware of these sensations. And when I think about it, I don't have people around me. I'm not in environments where I'm able to experience safety. Trust me, you're not alone. And the gap between you feeling safe inside your body and having people you feel safe around, environments you feel safe in, etc., that is your work. And this is part of the work we do together in the gentle, warm, kind, compassionate community in my sovereign group coaching experience with the benefit of me, a highly skilled, experienced practitioner that will support you to begin to understand what safety means to you how that feels inside your body and help you to cultivate a relationship with yourself where feeling safe becomes non-negotiable and rather than outsource and burden people with the responsibility for your safety, you invite people to connect with you so you can teach them what it is you need to feel safe, so you can learn what they need to feel safe, so that you can start to build relationships, environments, experiences that are based on the safety of connection rather than the protection of repetitive attachment patterns. Okay, my dears, I will leave you to the rest of your day. Take care of yourself. And uh, yeah, see you on the internet somewhere. Take care. Thank you for listening to Conversations from the Heart podcast. I appreciate you sharing your precious time with my guest and I. If you've resonated with what you've heard, I'd be so grateful if you could rate, review and share my podcast with someone you think may benefit. If you're a social media user and have connected with what you've heard, I kindly ask you to share this episode and tag me at Live360. Like an increasing number of our digital experiences, the algorithms have a huge impact. Your feedback and shares will assist me in reaching a wider audience and I'd really love to have more people sharing this experience and maybe feeling seen, heard and held by the conversations that flow from the heart. The personal development space is full of mindset tools, hacks and tips. And I think it's high time we have a place where we can just be as we are and perhaps learn something we can apply to how we live, love and work without there being an agenda other than allowing ourselves to be whole. The feedback I get following each episode is beautiful and tells me that more people could benefit from tuning in. 
I welcome keeping the conversation going, so please do share your comments, observations, insights on the podcast show notes, social media posts, or anywhere else you see fit. Thank you for tuning in. The podcast was produced by me, Tamu Thomas, music produced by Sam Kay.